the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Lindsay Barnett. Welcome back to the LF Press Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's another edition of the podcast, and I'm excited. Once again, joined by London Free Press reporter Jonathan Juha. Jonathan, how are you today? Not too bad on yourself. I'm doing well, thank you. You wrote an article on Wednesday, and it kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I was a little bit surprised. It was talking about work from home and a study that had just recently been released. Now, I don't think to anyone's surprise with regards to people working from home, uh, like 95% of people said they want to continue working from home, even in a post-pandemic world. The thing that kind of caught me off guard is employers saying they don't love this. They're seeing productivity tank a little bit. Which I guess makes sense. In my mind, I thought, oh, you're probably saving on hydro, water, rent, or a mortgage. So let's talk a little bit about the study and what we learned from it. Yeah, so as you say, like the vast majority of workers, and not only people who now have a job, but also people who are seeking jobs, um, sort of like expressed a big preference for uh, being able to work from home. Um, almost 95% of people who responded to the survey uh, said that they would like to have some sort of arrangement that would allow them, at least uh, on a hybrid model, uh, have the opportunity of working from home, right? Uh, but as you said, like employers, like the, the, their approach to it is not quite like, or like their love for um, this arrangement is not quite as high. Only about 45% of them say that they're going to be looking at you know, in the, the type of positions that it makes sense to have it, allow workers to, to sort of like work from home and, and also looking into that hybrid arrangement of working in the office a few days and working from home another. But a 43% of them said that uh, they would like to actually have people back into the office. And as you said, the main point of contention, I guess it, it's sort of like this idea of productivity, whether being in your office space makes uh, for like a more productive worker, um, and, and that's where it's sort of like where the opinions uh, go from one way and the other between the employees and, and, and the employers. Uh, employees said that they consider to be just as uh, productive or even more at home, not having the distractions of the office kind of thing. Uh, but employers, again, say that that's sort of like the main impact that they have had from allowing or not allowing, but I mean, realistically being forced to adapt and have so many of their workers uh, doing their their duties up from their houses. I'm glad that you touched on that with regards to employees saying that they felt more productive because I think it was last year we saw a study um, because in 2020, a lot of people were sent home and this study had said that productivity was actually up and businesses were seeing productivity of workers who were working from home was up, which is why this study kind of caught me off guard a little bit. And I know hybrid models are great. And I think I'm somebody, for instance, who would benefit from a hybrid model. I can also see where employers think productivity might tank. I'm not somebody who loves a nine to five. I feel I do my best work in the evenings, but I know that's not always the case with regards to business. It's not always conducive. Um, Did they get into any kind of numbers or what a hybrid model might look like, like one or two days back? at the office with regards to productivity? So first I have to say that obviously this idea of, you know, or determining the productivity of a person at home versus at the office, 
it, it's hard to quantify specifically because I mean, it, right now, like the results that we're getting, it's sort of like the perception of employers. Uh, I, I imagine that uh, some uh, professions, you know, you can measure output or, uh, you know, number of perhaps, I don't know, research papers or things like that, that someone from home can do in versus at the office. But there are other uh, positions where it's less, uh, it's not as easy to determine whether the employee is actually performing the job or not. So it's, it, it's, it's hard to determine exactly where, how to measure it. It's a lot about perception. Um, but when it comes to actually looking at that hybrid model, uh, the important thing is that of the almost 95%, 55% said that they wanted or they would be happy with a hybrid hybrid arrangement as opposed to full-time from work. So I'm guessing that what I take from it is that even employees also see the value of perhaps spending some time in the office, interacting with their coworkers, bounce some of their ideas with them, you know, that interaction or collaboration that, that occurs from working in the same space. Um, but in, in that arrangement, the, the, sort of like the most common answer would be that two to three days a week would be the ideal or what employees would want to see of any future arrangements when it comes to being hybrid between office and home. Obviously, this affects um, a small percentage of people. There are a lot of frontline workers who do not have the option to work from home. I was laid off from a full-time job before joining the London Free Press team as a podcast host. And I got to say, I was pregnant at the time, and I was so grateful to be working from home in the early stages of my pregnancy when days were a little bit rough. So moving forward, I think, yeah, getting out of the house and speaking with adults and not just being consumed by my (laughs) seven-month-old all the time would be fantastic, but also the flexibility of working from home. If he's a little under the weather or if I'm under the weather, life as we know it is definitely going to change. I now want to touch on another article that you wrote because this one also caught me off guard with regards to employers looking for workers and them having a hard time. I actually couldn't believe some of what I read in your article because this was news to me and I'm always kind of keeping my eye on the market, seeing what jobs Mm -hmm. pop up. It's always good to do. Um, Let's talk about this a little bit because the numbers were kind of astronomical with regards to how many employers are looking for employees right now. Yeah, so the, the survey was looking at that and specifically at how hard they, uh, the employers felt that it was uh, to find the right candidate for a position. So two out of three uh, pretty much said that they were, it was very difficult or somewhat difficult to actually find the right employee. Um, I mean, obviously, this is across across the board, but there are some industries where this is uh, reflected the most. Uh, if you think about manufacturing, which is uh, a big sector here in the London region, that's one of the ones that has been hit the hardest by this trend. And I mean, when, when you're obviously you have your uh, certain positions that perhaps do not require a specific training to be able to perform if you're working in manufacturing, but some other positions do require, you know, maybe it's an electrician, a carpenter, um, mechanist. Uh, there are all, all other positions that require you, you know, to train and, and go to your apprenticeship and, and get the right, uh, you know, certification to be able to perform. And that's exactly where that's sort of like the area where m- many of the manufacturing companies are having a hard time finding the right employees. Uh, it's uh you know, the, the right combination, I guess, of experience and, and, and the certifications and the shortage is, is so big or like industry leaders say it's so big that I guess at this point, it's even employees uh, in these areas that have sort of like the upper hand where they can choose 
where they want to go, depending on the benefits, the wages and everything. Uh, so, I mean, you are seeing it in all types of industries, but some of these more specialized here in the London areas where you're seeing perhaps uh, the bigger difficulty from businesses finding the person that they consider to be the right, the right candidate. And in your opinion, why are we seeing that now? Because this, to me, feels very much like a pandemic, post-pandemic problem that we didn't really hear about pre-pandemic. What's causing this? It's kind, of, it's kind of bizarre, to be quite frank, knowing that unemployment rate in January here in London and area was 6.3%. Well, when it comes to these industries, actually, uh, you know, leaders in the manufacturing uh, sector have been talking about this uh, for a while, actually, when it comes to construction, uh, finding, you know, break layers, general labors. It's, a, it's, it, it's one of the reasons why the provincial government has made such a big push into trying to get more students attracted into the trades. And I think a, a little bit of that, it's a, a, one of the issues that I always hear. It's the idea of perceptions. Many of these positions are actually well-paying jobs. Uh, but the perception is that so some parents even see that, okay, you only go to the trades if you're not maybe capable of enough or smart enough to go into a university. And that's a perception that remains. And, you know, industry leaders and, and people in the trade are trying to change that perception, showing the benefits of, of you know, jobs are in demand. Uh, you get trained, you get paid while you're training, and you're almost 100% guaranteed a position that in a few years would allow you to earn a very good uh, living compared to, uh, you know, their you hear the cases of people who go to university and still have a hard time finding, you know, uh, a good position, decent pay. So that's why the, you know, the provincial government is making this push, trying to attract more, more students into the trades, promoting it as much as they can. And when you look at other sectors, for example, uh, you know, uh, restaurant sectors and, and, and the service sector, which has been hard hit by the pandemic, now there's a little bit of a reluctance from, from people to, you know, find jobs in these type of works because, you don't know if you're going to be shut down again. And then you start working, you work for one, two, three months, and then there's another shutdown. Your business has to close. So it doesn't provide the stability. The pay has never been the greatest. So there's several factors playing uh, into why employers seem to be having sort of like a hard time. Now, there are others who are also going to argue that, you know what, maybe uh, employers, what they need to do is, you know, hire someone and be willing to give them the training and learn add the job, the skills that they are going to need. Others who argue, you know, maybe the pay that employers are offering is not attractive enough for for many people looking for a job. So in in a market like here in the London economy, it's one that is doing very well, is doing strong. Even through the pandemic, uh, the the London economy performed uh, better than in many places. So also employees, again, have a a little bit of more flexibility to decide and choose what they want to do. Something else that you touched on in the article that I found kind of interesting just for 2022 with regards to getting hired was a lot of people are getting jobs because of word of mouth, bringing friends into whatever job that it is that they have. I feel like this was more common with my parents era, their baby boomers. I'm a millennial and my first job that I got right out of college was not through word of mouth. It was just, you know, I applied, had the interview, got hired and was very fortunate and grateful for that. Um, But we are seeing this now more and more um, why do you think that is? Well, I was actually talking to um, um, a business owner who said himself, 
that he was talking about he's even having a hard time finding workers with the right uh, work ethic, uh, you know, being able to commit and fulfill their schedules and, and, and being loyal to the company. So they, in his, in his experience, he says, you know, we have found that the better candidates have come from actually from within uh, someone who works at the company, uh, you know, recommending someone. And I guess a little bit of that plays into, you know, if, if I'm willing to, to recommend you to a job, you know, I'm putting myself out there, right? You're, you're also representing my, my judgment. So then that may be, that may play into the situation as to why he sees that as being better employees than, than others. But he also said, it, it's not just enough, you know, you, we're not going to be able to fill all the positions that we have just by word of mouth. So we really need to begin seeing candidates uh, from elsewhere to be able to, you know, fill the positions, all the vacancies and, and for companies to continue to grow. It's definitely an interesting landscape that everybody is now navigating with regards to finding work or workers finding employees. Jonathan, thank you so much for your time today and for the articles. If anybody listening to this missed them, they are living over at lfpress.com and of course in the pages of the London Free Press. We'll be back again next Thursday with another edition of the LF Press Podcast. Until then, stay well. 